As believers of the Lord Jesus, we are to be known for loving others with the same love with which He loves us. The agape love that God pours into our hearts is to translate itself into action and be manifested in the way we love those around us. In this sermon, we examine some of the ways in which God's agape love is to be expressed through us as His disciples. Alright, so I want to invite... Uh... Roshan Jonas uh, to lead us in our declaration. He's our youth pastor and he's also our associate pastor for worship. So he's going to lead us in the declaration today. Good morning, church. This is so different. <laughs> uh, welcome once again. Uh, welcome to all our viewers online. Uh, we're going to get ready to do our declaration. But before we do that, can we turn in our Bibles to Psalm 29, please? Psalm 29, verse 3 to 9. The voice of the Lord is over the waters. The God of glory thunders. The Lord is over many waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. Yes, the Lord splinters the cedars of Lebanon. He makes them also skip like a calf. Lebanon and Syrian like a young wild ox. The voice of the Lord divides the flames and fire of fire. The voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness. The Lord shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord makes the deer give birth and strips the forests bare. And his temple, everyone says, glory. Amen. So uh, I love the psalm because in declaring the greatness of God, David goes on to declare the greatness and the power of the voice of the Lord. Okay, so the voice of the Lord is released by the word of God. Amen. So the voice is released through the word of the Lord and God releases his voice through the words that he speaks because he is the word. Yeah. So everything in the natural world responds to the voice of the Lord. That is to the word of the Lord. Okay. Everything. Everybody say everything. Okay, good. Uh, I often wonder, and I can only imagine what Jesus would have sounded like, you know, uh, and the power uh, and just the wonder of his voice when he called the disciples, say, follow me. That's all he said. And they followed. Uh, he said, when he declared peace over the storm and when he called Lazarus out of the grave, we can only imagine what uh, his voice and those, the power that his words carried, right? And there are times in scriptures as the Holy Spirit moved over his people, the word of the Lord was released through the voice of humans. Amen. Um, so when the word of the Lord was released through the voice of us humans, wonderful things happened. Uh, just a few examples was like water flowed out of the rock, uh, flour and oil multiplied, right? Uh, the sun stood still and seas and the rivers parted. So many things, right? So as believers, we have this incredible privilege, and that's an understatement. Okay. We have this incredible privilege and permission of speaking the word of God by faith. So we take what God has already spoken as believers, and we declare and release that by faith. Amen. So can we rise to our feet uh, and lift your Bibles high up in the air? Let's release the word of God like Jesus did with faith. Can we do that? Amen. Let's say it together. This is God's word. This is God speaking to me. I am who God says I am. I can do what God says I can do. I will become everything God has promised. 
I am saved, healed, delivered, redeemed. I am blessed, victorious, prosperous, and triumphant. I am a minister of God, a servant of Christ, and a channel of his blessing to many people. I receive his word. I believe his word, and I live by his word. Christ is my master, and to him I am in absolute surrender. I present myself as a new wineskin to receive new wine and fresh oil being poured out on me. God releases new things and a new work of his spirit in me and through me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Please be seated. Thank you, Roshan. This morning, we are delighted to have uh, Jean George minister to us. Jean and her husband, Jacob Matthew, more commonly referred to as Vinny. We all know him as Vinny uh, and their family. They've been in part of uh, APC now for 15 years, since 2005. And uh, they have been serving in many different ways. Many has, Benny has been a uh, very important part of the worship team. And uh, uh, in the recent years, they've been helping or serving more uh, at East, at APC East. So they are part of our ministry team. And uh, Jean, uh, just a little background about Jean. She has her uh, master's degree in psychiatric social work from the National Institute of uh, Mental Health and Neurosciences, NIMHANS, and uh, uh, she spent, uh, she sp has spent many years in counseling in different situations, whether in a hospital or corporates and uh, other scenarios. And uh, since 2011, when we as a church started Chrysalis Life, uh, Chrysalis Counseling, Jean and others have been part of that uh, team of counselors. And, uh, young people, you can never get married without going through <laughs> Chrysalis counseling. You can't get married at APC unless they say okay. So, uh, anyway, and Jean has been a tremendous blessing to many people, whether individuals or uh, uh, families, or others who need that kind of uh, ministry and help. So, let's rise up to our feet, put our hands together, and uh, welcome Jean this morning. Check. Thank you very much. Thank you, Pastor, for those kind words. It's uh, good to be here, and yes, it is different. Um, but I'd also welcome each one of you, uh, welcome all of us who have tuned in um, uh, online as well. Uh, I do pray and hope that today, even as we go into God's word, um, we will be blessed, we will be enriched by his word. Um, even as I uh, go on to uh, bring God's word to you, let me bring this as a reminder that this is not just for each of us watching or sitting here, but it is for me personally. So as I prepared through the message, I began to 
see myself in the mirror and uh, question um, my own sermon for myself. And I hope that the power of the Holy Spirit will be so strong today, even as we hear what God has to uh, tell us. So my message for today is titled, Grow in Agape. Grow in Agape. Now the sermon comes from a very practical point of view. And it is that perspective that I would like to look at. And uh, it's a very simple um, uh, message, but something that impacts us not just in our here and now, but also that which will impact us into eternity. So if you know what agape is, um, you know, if, if we've been in church long enough, we do know that I'm referring to love. So if I were to ask you, what is your definition of love? What is the world's definition of love? And what do you think is God's definition of love? So when we look at human perspective, you know, love is a feeling. We fall in love, we fall out of love. We say that we love our spouses, our children, our vocation, our jobs, music, even food, in the same way that we say we love God. So is there a difference? So that's what we're going to be looking at today that the emotional connection we feel towards people or things is what we call love. But is that the way that God really sees love? Well, scripture shows us that the love that God talks about in the word is so different from the way that you and I experience love. So when we look in the Bible, and I'm, and I'm sure you've heard this many times, but just to maybe refresh your uh, your understanding a little bit. If you look into the New Testament, uh, and it was, it was written in Greek, uh, although when we look at our Bibles, we keep saying, seeing love. And earlier on, before I understood this concept, I keep, used to keep wondering what, I mean, love, in English, it's such a limited word. It's just that word. But when you look at it in Greek, it talks about it in four forms, and I'm sure most of you know that. There is the reference, and these four terms are used in scripture as well. So there is the storge, which is the familial love, the love that you feel towards your family, or feel towards a dog, or feel towards a pet. That's storge. Or there's philia, that's love, that's a brotherly kind of love, the love that you feel towards a friend. Or there is eros, that is the romantic love, the love between a man and a woman. And lastly is agape, the love that is described as the love uh, of God. Now when the Greeks bought out this, uh, this word, it was a general term they used, which, which actually just meant an empathy or loving kindness for all people. But biblical writers uh, actually used God as the standard for this agape. Okay, so as, as it is described, agape, if you, if you actually look, it was quite interesting that, uh, and I think I want to make this reference saying that every verse that, that we will be talking about today is reference to the word agape. 
Okay, so every verse that we're going to be talking about today. So when you look at the word, it comes from the Greek word called agape, which is a noun, and agapao, which is a verb. They mean the same. So it's the noun and it's the doing, doing verb. I'm sorry I'm getting into English, but I think it helps us to understand it. So when you talk about agape, uh, we're talking about love that is unconditional. So when you say love that is unconditional, it's something that's, that transcends and persists even though, uh, even uh, in a circumstance, whatever the circumstance may be, that is what unconditional love is. Un uh, agape is also preferential love, the love that prefers. Okay, that lo the love that, uh, that is chosen and done and comes out by the will. Agape love is also not based on the goodness of the person you're loving. Um, you know, even though the person you love is not worthy of your love, you continue to love. That is what agape love is. So it's not based on who the, the recipient of the love. It is not based on, on the person who receives the love. So even though we understand love is a feeling, agape is based on action. It's motivated by action. It's something that you will to do. It is obedient action. And even as we're going through this, we're going to be looking at practical ways in, in, in way that we can extend this agape love to others. So when we're looking at love as an action, you know, if you look in the Bible, in Matthew chapter 5, verse 44, it talks about uh, Jesus uh, commands us to love our enemies. Now, can you imagine loving your enemy with a feeling? Think of an enemy that you have. I'm sure we all don't have. But I'm sure at some point of times we've had. You know, think of the enemy. Can you feel love for them? I think we're going to, be, we're going to find it really hard to feel love for an enemy. Right? We are asked to act. In fact, if you look into Leviticus, um, in, in the 23rd chapter, it talks, it gives certain, you know, the Levitical law. It says, if you find your enemy's ox or donkey, you know, on the road somewhere, go and take it back to the owner. Or it says, if it is down with a heavy load, go and help it. So it's saying, you know, you have, your action has to come. So it's not just to the person, but anything that belongs to that person. So when we look at agape love, it is a love that is based on action. The other example that we can see is what Jesus did for us. What did he do for us? He laid down his life for us. It was an action. It was a benevolent love for all of us. He laid down. It, it was something that he did. It wasn't just a feeling. He didn't say, okay, I love all of them. You know, I want to save all of them. But he actually, he did come down and save us. So that is something that we need to understand that Often we feel love to others because, you know, I love my husband, I love my children, I feel love for them. But maybe someone else, do I feel it? Maybe not. But our, the command that God has given us is to act, is to base that love on action. Now, where did agape originate from? Agape originated from God. It is He who showed us how to love. How? If you look it into the Trinity in itself, God showed agape by sending down his son. Jesus showed agape by sacrificing his life. 
and the Holy Spirit shows agape by pouring out the love of, of Christ into our hearts. So that's where it originates from. We, we know that, uh, that, that God in Trinity, that is God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, loves agape. And that's how we know about agape. Now, so the most important lesson for us is to know that we must agape as Christ loved. Now, this is going to be difficult, okay? So if your neighbor, and especially if it is your spouse, they switch off, just nudge them, okay, so that we can listen. We can all listen and get this love back into action. So I'm going to be looking at a couple of questions which I myself had in my mind. Like I said, this is a sermon that I spoke to myself and I'm just bringing that out to you. So some of the questions that I had, which I got cleared before I tried to figure out or understand how can I live that agape love? So the first question is, does God love agape all his creation? Does God agape all his creation, whether they're believers or unbelievers? God's love is available to the whole world. It says in John 3.16, God love, so loved the world. It doesn't say just believers. He loved the world. So his mercy and kindness extends to everybody, to all of his children, because his character is love. That's who he is. He is love. And because he is love, he loves everybody in that same kind of love. So my next question was, so do all of us manifest that agape? Do all of God's creation manifest that agape? Let's look into God's word. Uh, I'll read 1 John 4, 7 to 8. It says, Bless, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. So the love that is used in the scripture is agape love, not the kind of love that you and I love with, the human kind of love. When we look at agape love, the nature of God's love is agape love. He expresses himself in that love. But what about you and me? Our nature is flawed. When we look in the Bible, it says we have all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So by nature... We are sinful. By nature, we are default sinful. And there is no part in us that is not marred by sin. Every part of us, even the way that we love, even the way that we set our affections on things are even marred. Because if you think of it, sometimes you love people with a selfish reason. You love somebody because you want them to love, love you back. So the, the very nature of our love is so selfish. But our carnal selves are incapable of loving the way God loves. But what the scripture says, it says, the one who truly loves God has been born of God and knows God. So the one who's born of God is the one who's saved. And the one who's saved, the natural response is to love God. And so when the love of God is in us, we are able to love God others. So when you look at the world, the way the world loves is either through philia or through eros or through storge. The world cannot love agape because they do not have the love of Christ inside of them. So what about us? 
I think that's the beauty. When you and I make a choice of receiving Jesus Christ as our personal savior, the love of God gets poured out into us by the power of the Holy Spirit. Let me read that verse for you. It says in Romans 5 verse 5, Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. So we cannot love God if we are not born again. And that's the truth. And that was a hard truth. If we're not born again, we cannot love God. And we love because we are born of him. We are saved. And it is the love that is put into us that we can manifest the love to others. So unless and, I, unless and until you and I have that agape in us because of the relationship you have with Jesus, we will not be able to manifest that love into others. So those who demonstrate godly love proves that they are saved. When we demonstrate that agape love, it proves that we are saved. So how does God um, pour out this love into us? This love that is poured out is not the work of you or not my work. It is not. It is the work of God. It is supernatural. It comes by power. It is a gift that comes by the power of the Holy Spirit. It, it's not a product of your circumstance. It's not your nice personality. It's not the Mr. Miss Nice Right. No. It comes only from the Holy Spirit. We owe that to the Holy Spirit. Why? Because we were once dead in sin. And when we love because God first loved us. It says in 1 John 4.19, we love him because he first loved us. And so I can love because Jesus first loved me. Now here's the next thing, you know. As believers, as Christians, when we walk the world, we are to be known by this love. When we call ourselves Christians, we are to be known by this agape love. It says in John 13, 35, By this all will know that you are my disciples if, remember, if you have love for one another. I am a disciple if I agape as God agape me, I agape uh, my brother or somebody else. When you look at, uh, I think it, it, it just grows in intensity in your understanding when you see what Paul says in Romans 13.10. He says, love is the fulfillment of the law. Now when you go back to the moral law that Moses wrote, the Ten Commandments, if you read that, the first part of all of his commandments are the love for God. And the next part of the commandments is the love for man or, or your brother, right? And Jesus makes this reference to it. So when the experts of the law ask him, you know, which is the biggest commandment? He says, all of the law hang on these two commands. And which are the commands? Love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and mind and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. So... If you have done this, you have fulfilled the law. 
Love is the fulfillment of the law. Now, we, and we, we need to understand that this is what will set apart our love from that of the world outside. So we are called to love. Now, even as I'm saying this, you know, this love should be marking us as Christians. Sometimes I know it is absent in our lives. I know, I'm, I'm talking from experience. It's absent in our lives. And we need to come back to that root as believers need to know that this is what sets us apart from everything else. And this and all that we do must be done with this agape love. You know, it's a job description for us. When you go to a company, you have a job description. As a believer, as a Christian, you have a job description. And that's what it says in 1 Corinthians 16, 14. It says, let all that you do be done with love. And I'm saying this is agape love. All that you do be done with love. So it can be working in your kitchen. It can be cleaning your tables. It can be doing that. I, I don't know what it is. You know what it is. But all that you do needs to be done in agape love. So what does this agape love look like? Before we, before we get into the smaller, finer details of what it looks like, let's, uh, let, let me just say that it, it needs two things. One, agape love should translate into action. It should be shown. It should be expressed. You know, there are many times when people come in for counseling, um, you know, there are couples who say, I love my partner very much, but, you know, I just can't express it. And the wife or the husband gets extremely annoyed. Okay? So I can understand that. But agape love has to translate into action. And I believe that as human beings, it's not possible. It's just not possible. And I feel bad for, for counselors who don't know the Lord. I really feel like, you know, it's just like, you know, I'll tell you the reason I know how, how it can be done. I mean, you can't do that in counselling. But, but, you know, you know the key for it. So it has to translate into action. And this is what scripture says in 1 John 4.20. If someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? So it translates into action. You have to love your brother because only then do you show agape love. And the second thing is to love as Christ loved. This is what it says in John 13, 34. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. So this agape love looks like how Christ loved me, and it is something that needs to be translated into action. So even, now, even since we've done that, now let's get into the best part of the sermon, okay? It is the description of what this love looks like. And I know if I wake up half of, half of you in your sleep, 1 Corinthians 13 will come bang outside, right? I know some of it has been read in our weddings also. But if you look at the way that this chapter is placed in the book of 1 Corinthians, it's bang in the middle of instructions that Paul's giving to the church. Okay? And he's bringing this perspective to the way the church needs to live, the way the church needs to do ministry, the way the church needs to worship, everything, you know, how the church needs to do. So I believe this is 
directed to us as believers, right? And it, it looks like an excellent poetry, but it has so much of wealth inside. Now, even as you go through that list, you will see it is all described by action. There is action in every one of those uh, verses from four to seven. So let's dive right in and let me read that out for you and we'll take it uh, a few. Don't worry, I'm not going to go all 15, okay? So you can breathe easy on that. Right, so let me read that for you. First Corinthians 13, verse four through seven. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy, does not parade itself. It is not puffed up. It does not behave rudely. It does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Now, like I said, this kind of love has nothing to do with the one who's receiving the love. All right? I, I also do understand, but there may be sometimes that we haven't experienced love maybe as children or in our growing up years. We've probably grown in, in empty places of love. And these, this, when we read this chapter, it's almost like I don't even understand what that means. But that's what I believe that the Holy Spirit will show you, will pour out into you this love that that is so well beautifully put out here. Now, when you look at these seven, uh, sorry, four verses, um, it, it brings about 15 distinguishing marks. Now, I have kind of bought it out together to bring it out into seven genuine traits, or seven, seven sorry, genuine marks of what agape love is. So let's move right in. And I'm going to start with verse four, the first one being patient love patient love. And this comes from the verse that says, love suffers long. Maybe some, in some of your Bibles it's written as, love is patient. Now how is patient an action word? It often thinks like it's an attribute. I'll show you how. The word patient comes from to be able to bear patiently with another person's faults and offenses. Okay, it is to refuse to get angry. Any of us have anger management issues here? Okay, we all do, right? It says it's refuse to get angry. It is not to retaliate or seek revenge or not to become hostile. Now, these are all action words, right? It also says to be slow to anger which means you endure the shortcomings of somebody else. So when that, there is that one person that keeps annoying you, and you know who I'm talking about, right? That one person that keeps annoying you, it is to endure that. It is to move away from those imperfections of that person and to love them even though they are the way that they are. It is refusing to take offense. It is seeing a potential in them. I mean, these are all strange words, but that's what, you know, if you look at us, that's exactly, just reverse it. Look at the way God looks at us, right? We can be so offensive, isn't it? Every moment of our lives, we can be offensive to him, but 
He gives us patient love. If you look at uh, the word that says long-suffering, patience has an element of endurance. You know, this love gives you the capacity to put up with difficult people and difficult situations. That's what patient love means. And in your lifetime, you are going to meet difficult people. You may be working with some. You may be having some in your home. It is to, it is that endurance it is talking about. So it's, uh, you know, if you, if you expect that your world is going to be easy without those difficult people, I think it's wrong. And that everyone should care for you. No, there is going to be a time that you have to express patient love to others. So growing in agape gives you the resilience to live in a difficult world. It gives you the resilience to live in a difficult world. Let me give you a certain example. Now, let's say a friend or a worker has treated you badly. How do you show patient love? Maybe it is a point or a call for you to sit back and understand what circumstances is that person going through. Or maybe, you know, your family member has had a bad day at work or at school and comes back and, and says something nasty to you. It is patient love to go back and say, are you all right? Can I help? Or maybe it is an elderly person in your home or your neighborhood who's very demanding, who wants things to be done. Maybe it's a time for you to look back and look at their stage of life and what they may be needing. That's called patient love. So growing in patient love helps you to live in a world where, with difficult people, builds you that resilience to live in a difficult world. Okay? So the first one is what love? Patient love. Let's go to the next one. Lavish love, lavish love. And I take this from, again, verse 4, which says, love is kind. Now, when you look at the word kind, it's not, you know, you see kind people. You know, they pet dogs. You know, they move away. They give the bus, the seat of a bus. Yeah, they're all good. Okay, that's good to do. It's not just a kind disposition. But it is, it is also something that comes out in, like I said, in action. It's benevolence that comes out in action. So if you look at that root meaning, it's actually, called, the word means generous. It means uh, to sh show oneself as useful. Okay? So uh, how is it that you can be useful to others? It's showing small little acts of kindness. It can be how you regard people. It can also mean what... Uh, showing generosity with the way others are doing, which brings me to the next one that says, love doesn't envy or is jealous. In some Bibles, it's doesn't envy, versions, it's uh, envy or it's uh, jealous. Now, when we look at that, in life, there's always going to be someone who does something better than you, okay? If you're a student, someone who gets a top rank. If you like to draw, someone who draws better. If you preach, someone who preaches better. Or if you, you know, whatever, you cook, someone bakes better, someone will always be better off than you. What is your response? How do we respond at a point of time? Do we actually look, uh, look at it, you know, slump down our seats and say, you know, I'm, you know, I wish I had what I, you know, coveting? I wish I had that. So what does jealousy do? You know, jealousy eats away at the soul. So think of the times when someone has had a pr promotion or they've had a better house or they've had better positions. How do we respond? Let me, let me take you to James 3, 14 to 16. It says, 
But if you are bitterly jealous and there is selfish ambition in your hearts, don't brag about being wise. That is the worst kind of lie. For jealousy and selfishness are not God's kind of wisdom. Such things are earthly, unspiritual and motivated by the devil. For wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and every kind of evil. So jealousy will... Jealousy lies and it tears down somebody else. Jealousy brings about disorder and chaos. Jealousy is sure to have you lose control to get you into some kind, something worse off. You've read it in the paper. People who run with jealousy either, you know, murder, steal. You know, they, they, there are so many things that go by. So we are... What, what are we called to do is to be loving, to, to be kind, to not envy. If you look at the contrast of God's love, God's love is lavish. It's generous. It's boundless. It's limitless. Look in scripture. It says in 1 John 3, 1, how great is the love the Father has lavished on us. He's lavished it. So also when we look back with, with I, I don't know who I'm talking to today, but are we envious of somebody? Because of, of what we feel that we haven't got, do we tend to be unkind? God is calling us to love with that lavishness that he's given unto us as well. Let's move to the third one, which is selfless love. And I'm taking this from verse 4 and 5. I'll read that. It says, there are three things that I've bought together. It says, love does not parade itself, is not puffed up, and does not seek its own. Selfless love. This has all to do with selfless love. So let's just take them one by one, uh, just for us to understand. Does not parade itself. In short, it's called boasting. So, you know, boasting is on another spectrum of jealousy. Boasting is bragging, you know, you just blow your own horn about your own accomplishments and all that you can do, whether you do it or not, okay? Now, jealousy often wants what someone else has. Bragging always makes the other person want what you want. Jealousy pulls people down and bragging puts bills myself up. Now, all of this in itself is not love. So sometimes, you know, I, I know that most of us who work probably in, uh, you know, in very high pressure jobs, you're asked to be visible. I remember this word while I was working in corporate saying, be visible, you know, blow your own horn, you know, show out your skill, tell everyone, even if you're not doing it, especially in your CV, you know, it's okay, just write that one word. That's okay. Right? That's what, that's what boasting and bragging is all about. The next one, it says being proud. Being proud, or it says, I like this word, puffed up. It shows, uh, you know, it's like being inflated, you know, nice. It shows as if it's really full, but it's actually hollow inside. Okay, so love is not inflated. Love is not full of oneself. When we are puffed up, we are so full of ourselves that we don't even have an attitude that we can be taught, that we can, we can, um, we can, we can change or we can be teachable. Pride 
needs to move away outside of our attitudes as well as in our interactions. The way that we talk to people about what we do or who we are, right? I think I'm going to take that a little more deeper and ask you, are we puffed up in our prayers? You know, just look at the way that we pray and find out, am I only praying for me, my, myself? Or have I moved out of that to pray for those around me? Okay, so being puffed up. Uh, scripture tells us, do not be puffed up. And the last one in that is self-seeking. This is the one where you are so absorbed in yourself, you have these blinders. If you've seen horses, they have blinders. They can't see anything else except what is on their vision, right? Sometimes we are so, so caught up in our own problems and our own issues that we are not able to see the needs of others. We are insensitive to the needs of others. What does agape love tells us to do? It tells us to build others, recognize others, applaud others rather than yourself. There is no other example better than Jesus that we see, the one who loved us selflessly. If you look at Philippians 2, it's a beautiful um, uh, passage that tells you of how he gave himself up, how he, uh, I think one of the versions uh, says it this way. It says, he made himself nothing. He emptied himself so that he could give to us. That's the kind of love that he loves us with. And that's what he's calling you and me to love in. So growing in agape is to take a genuine interest in the needs and the lives of others. Whether it's your family, whether it's people you work with, whoever they may be. So selfless love is not to boast, not to be puffed up, and not to be self-seeking. The next one we look at is considerate love. That is in verse 5, it says, love is not rude. Love is not rude. Now, what does this mean? It means not to behave inappropriately or ill-mannered. It's showing consideration to, to somebody. You know, when you show consideration to someone, you show that you value them. I'm sure most of you have gotten into fights with auto drivers if you drive, right? And when they start a barrage of words to you, if you can value them and consider them, you know what a difference that makes? So consideration is valuing someone. So how do you practice this consideration? So all of us who live in families, the first way we can practice consideration is the way that we listen. You know, when someone, wives when you're talking to your husbands or husbands when you're talking to your wives, listen. Rather than interjecting them and giving them their solution and say, okay, this is what it is, it's done. You show consideration when you listen. You show consideration when you speak about someone to somebody else. Maybe, you know, when as a parent, sometimes I know I'm guilty of it, I'm saying it since my children are sitting here, that, you know, you talk to somebody else about your children and then you're caught saying, what did I say? Right? Practice consideration on, what, on, on how you speak to others. Also, practice consideration on how you make demands of others. Now, often... Agape love does not use the love of friendship or the word love to extract things from them. And you know, there are very many young people who, who, who in the name of love demand things 
um, you know, may, may, maybe, a, 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 sorry, they, they demand things that they may require, like premarital sex. So agape does not do that. You practice consideration knowing that what you demand, you, you, you are careful in what you demand. You do not want to throw down the other person. That's what agape love is all about. It seeks the best for the person and not out of personal gain or pleasure or control. Be considerate in the way that you show your love. So growing in agape is valuing others by showing grace. Growing in agape is valuing others by showing grace. The fifth one is love restrains evil. I'm in verse 5 now which says, Love is not easily angered and keeps no record of wrongs. Or in other verses it says, it is not provoked or it thinks no evil. So let's just take two of that. The first one, uh, it's not easily angered means that it's not easily offended. Or it's one that's not easily irritated or touchy. I think a good way to check that is when someone comes uh, to talk to you, how nice are you? Maybe when you are in that irritable position, how nice are you in, res in your responses? Some of the examples that you know, I, I can think of is when there is disappointment in relationships or disappointment in marriages, there is an, there is an air of irritability that keeps hanging on. And you know, every time someone comes in and talks, you snap, right? Or let's say as parents, you have certain uh, expectations of your children and that doesn't come by so that's always at the back of your head and you respond in a way that uh, that is provoked that that gets provoked it's easily angered and you snap snap out or it could also be maybe at workplace you haven't got your promotion so every time your boss gives you something to do you snap what does agape love do it helps to exercise restraint in frustration in anger, restraint, holding back in anger and frustration. Imagine if God were to deal with us the other way down. We'd be poof, we'd be gone. Because every time, you know, we, we irritate him, right? I do. So, you know, so that, that's, that's what he's called us to do. To be able to not be provoked. And then it says, have no record of wrongs. It means... Think no evil. It means don't hold bitter grudges. Don't keep that resentment from, from growing. Don't hold them permanently accountable. Permanently. You know, I see this all the time through sessions where people are married for 25, 30 years and they still bring back that day, wedding day issue. Food wasn't right. Sari wasn't good. Gold wasn't whatever. Bring back, rake back those issues. But what does it say? What does it mean to say no record of wrongs? It is, says dwell on the good. Always dwell on the good. So that means you're searching, you're selecting and you're finding out the right things to dwell on. That's what agape is. So it keeps no, no record of wrongs. Why? Because your security is not in what they did or what they didn't do. Your security is in the fact that God knows the outcome of these things. And that you are sure that no matter what, he will bring all of this into its beauty. 
So growing in agape is to dwell on the good of the other and let go of the wrong. Am I with all of you? These seats are too comfortable, isn't it? For a nice snooze. Okay, so that's, so we come to the sixth one. We're looking at love's delight. Love's delight. Verse 6, it says, Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. The delight of love is it does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. So we express agape when we find no pleasure in nitpicking at the difficulties of people. We find no pleasure in nitpicking at the difficulties of people. Okay, because it's our human nature to find out what is wrong. That's who we are. An example is the way that we spread gossip about the sins and the faults of others. You know, in a very funny way, we seem to like to do that because it often makes us look better. When we gossip about somebody else, it makes us look, gives us some kind of a satisfaction that, you know, I'm not as bad. So, but when you relish on someone else's faults, honestly, there is nothing loving about it. So let's check ourselves to see, are we delighting in somebody else's evil? If God were to delight in our evil, we wouldn't stand today. So not delighting, excuse me, in somebody else's evil. But when someone has fallen, what are you thinking of? You're thinking of the way that they must have had a battle to fight against that. So instead, you know, pray for them. Give them a loving hand. Ask them if you can help. Is there something that you can do and not presume and assume that, you know, uh, that the way that they went there was absolutely, uh, was absolutely sinful? You, we need to be able to extend that love, that agape love to them. And of course, the next one of love's delight is rejoicing with the truth. What does it mean? Love is being honest. It's not lying. One of the ways that we often lie is by flattery. Flattery? We know what flattery means, right? What do we do? We say a lie. We say something that we really don't mean. And flattery breaks relationships. Well, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it. Right? Otherwise, else it becomes flattery. Because flattery is lies. What happens is sometimes by these lies, people fall into a lot of issues. They fall into sexual sin. They fall into, you know, cheating others, into robbing others, into gossiping, into self-deception. When you lie to yourself and when you lie to somebody else, you think, you think that's the way to go. You think that's the truth and you fall into, into a major pit of dishonesty. Even when we look at things around, how many of us are pessimistic in the way that we see things? You know, we look at something and say, ah, oh, no, nah, that's not good. Okay, or, you know, we look at a promise of God and say, ah, oh, no, no, God, that's not for me. We may have that pessimistic view, but it talks about how we need to rejoice with the truth. When we look at God's promises, we are rejoicing in it, not looking at it pessimistically and saying that, you know, this, this is not, this is, that's a lie, God. That's a lie. What you're saying is a lie. But we stand in knowing that when we grow in this agape, we will 
learn to see things the way God sees it. So when we grow in agape, it is always to take pleasure in truth. Take pleasure in truth. Not looking at the wickedness of people, not looking at the lies around, but rejoicing in the truth. And the last one is steadfast love, which says, verse 7, it says, it bears all things, it believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Now when you say bears all things, it means to cover and protect like, like a roof covering. Okay, it means to uh, choose not to despise and to condemn, but it means to endure and to love and to forgive. So it's, it's at a place where even though you know things may be going wrong, you continue to bear that. Some examples that I have, it's tattling. Tattling happens very much in my home. You know, one person comes and tattles about the other. That, that's when, you know, we, sometimes we teach our children not to tattle. Or we, not, we do not spouse broadcast. We do not go tell others about, about our spouses. That's all. To know that whatever ugliness is there, let's keep it in a composed place and try and help the person out of it. That's bearing all things. The next is believes all things. Believing all things is not being suspicious, not being cynical. Because the way that you believe something about the person is the way that they're going to turn out to be. If you believe that a person, person is going to be loving and positive, that's what they will turn out to be. If you mistrust and believe that they will not, that's what they're going to turn out to be. So believe, love is believing all things. Love hopes all things. That is you never, never give up on someone. You would have told someone to do things 10, 25, 30, 100 times. But as long as you believe that the grace of God is available, you, you know that the grace of God will operate in them and things will work out in God's time. So hoping, hope all things. And lastly, it is to endure all things. So love never takes a holiday. It is consistent it never gives up. It's not an occasional gesture. It happens at all times. So growing in agape is to be consistent and steadfast in showing love at all times and in all things. All the, those are the key. Steadfast. All times, all things. Now these seven things, as I described, patient, Love, the patient love, lavish love, selfless love, courteous or considerate love, love that shows restraint, love that shows delight, or love that is steadfast should be the norm for every Christian believer. The norm. Why? Because it is the Spirit's work. So when we look at the end of it, if you look at 1 Corinthians 13, 8, and verse 13, it says two things. It says, love never fails. And it says, love, these three remain. The greatest of these is love. So what is Paul saying here? Paul is saying, love remains or will last forever. It will never fail. So what is he assuming here? He's assuming that love is already existent. It, it exists. It exists in each one of us. And this is, this is a reference that he's making, that until perfection comes, that's until Christ comes, love will remain. 
everything else will go away faith and hope would have reached its completion but love will reach its mature measure when perfection comes so when we are on this side of his coming what do we do let's understand that if you and i belong to christ this love that we described here today is in you i'm saying is that is a definitive it is in you why because the holy spirit pours it into our lives and he brings about an abundant manifestation of it so much so that it overflows so many of us sitting here may not experience that love that i'm talking about or are unable to show that love but that's the truth of today's word that the holy spirit is who makes that love abundant in us so that it can overflow because he's that divine agent of that agape love now this love of god is permanent we've seen some of it we are seeing of it now but i can't wait for a point of time we are going to see all of it and only it right but even as we are called we are called to love as he loved let's ask the holy spirit to fill that in so that we reflect that love to one another reflect that agape love to one another amen man okay may i please ask the uh worship team to come forward and even as we respond um even as we go forward to uh look at how do i apply this how can i apply what we have what we've just spoken about we spoke about genuine agape love patience look back and think of who should you be patient with today who should you be patient with today who should you show some bit of a kindness to some consideration to today who is it that uh, you probably are envying who is it that you find yourself being so engrossed in yourself that you're really not able to give to 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 somebody else who is it that can do away with your bad attitude who is it that can um uh, you know where you can be careful about the way that you demand things there may be very many people who may be flashing across your mind right now but then i want you know we we could take this time to ask god to fill us with that agape love even as we stand on to minister so may i please request that we all stand even as we just take some time to to minister to respond to the word that we heard today maybe i i probably we can respond in in one or two ways some of us may not be experiencing this love we say god yes agape love but today i want to know what it is i haven't understood it i know i'm a child of god i know i'm a believer but then i want to really know what it is to love agape love so we take some time to just ask the holy spirit to fill us with that love or there may be some of you who have no idea what this is about no understanding of what this love or what the relationship with god is this is an opportunity to 
to invite him in because when you invite him in there's going to be you know a flood of agape love that flows in so let's just take some time to just worship and as as the spirit leads you know speak to god speak to god ask god to show you that person that you need to love agape or if it is something that you want to experience ask god to open your heart you know give yourself a heart surgery so that he can just pour out that love or if it's something that you've never known you've never known the love of christ you've never known him as your personal savior we'll take some time to just receive him we'll just take some time to ask him into our hearts He loves me so patiently, loves Loves me unendingly, loves Loves me so fiercely, loves Let's all sing And He loves Loves me so patiently, loves Loves me unendingly, loves Loves me so fiercely, loves. He loves me so patiently, loves. Loves me so unendingly, loves. Loves me so fiercely, loves. He loves. Loves me so.
loves me unendingly loves loves me so fiercely loves he loves he loves loves me so patiently loves loves me unendingly loves loves me so Father, we just come to you right now, Lord. Lord, you know each of our hearts. You've examined the way that we love. Lord, you know the depth of our souls, God. And Father, if there are there are many of us here, some of us here, Father, who want to experience that agape love that love that is patient selfless considerate that love that does not rejoice in evil but in truth that is steadfast god we want to experience that love from you right now father lord we lift our hands to you knowing that you're a god who gives without measure we want to experience that agape love in our hearts from you lord right now father and i pray as you fill my heart lord you fill each one of us standing here each of us watching father that you take away that dross that anger that irritation that that inability to love the emptiness father take it away because your holy spirit pours it out into our hearts Thank you Father. We want to we want you to fan that flame back into us so that we manifest that love back into our to our enemies, to our neighbors, to our loved ones and back to you as well God. Lord, bring us back to a place of loving you like you love us, Father. Thank you Jesus. Father, I pray for all those who have been hurt by someone hurt by a spouse hurt by a child hurt by a friend by a loved one by a situation father you're the only one who's the agent of that love father open your reservoir of love father into us father so that we can love with that love keeping away our circumstances our situations lord i speak that into your people i speak that into every heart that wants to love but cannot lord you are that agent father and i pray that you flow that into them god thank you jesus thank you lord lord for those of us who may need to be patient with someone at home god we pray You teach us patience, Lord. Lord, if we need to keep a tight lip of, of of our accomplishments, when someone comes to say something to us, Father, if it's all about us, teach us to die to ourselves, Lord, and to take on the position of being sacrificial in our love. Father, for those of us who are hurt time and over and over and over again. teach us to bear all things 
endure all things hope all things because that's what steadfast love is father you show us steadfast love may we extend that steadfast love to those who may hurt us lord thank you we receive it right now in jesus name in jesus name i want to open an invitation for those of you who may have never known Jesus as their personal savior and who who think of all that i'm saying seems very very alien i want to invite you into that relationship with god because scripture says those who are born of god love will love god will know god so if you are ready if you want that relationship that love relationship with Jesus all that you have to do is just lay down your life ask him into your life and i will lead you in a very simple prayer and if you're doing it with an open heart with a confessed heart you can be sure that the spirit is waiting right next to you to pour out that agape love right now as you make that commitment so i just want to pray with you if you want to make that commitment to have jesus as your personal savior you can just repeat this after me where you are dear lord jesus I come to you with a repentant heart. You know me inside out. And I know that without you I'm a lost cause. So I invite you right now into my heart. I invite you as my personal savior. I invite you as my king. Forgive my sin forgive my shortcomings and be that king in my life i accept you as my personal lord and savior live in me through me thank you jesus and even as i do that even as i make that commitment to you lord jesus I want this agape love. I want to know your love. I want to be loved and I want to love like you love. Thank you Jesus. Thank you Father. In Jesus name. Amen. Is there anyone who made a fresh commitment to the Lord Jesus today? This is not to embarrass you, but if you have, we would love to see your hand and encourage you and and praise God for that. Is there anyone who who made that commitment today? Sorry, I don't think I see anyone. If there's anyone who's watching who've made that personal commitment to the Lord Jesus, uh, I'd encourage you to type your name in to the live chat. and uh, our team will get back in touch with you to help you in your journey forward um thank you so much for coming today i just hope that i'm really blessed uh, just by by feeling the love of god through this entire uh, uh, time and i just pray that you will go
go and release and, and manifest the love of Jesus in your today and your tomorrow. Let's just receive the benediction. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, and the sweet communion of the Holy Spirit be with each one of us now and forever. Amen.